Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Welcome and thank you for joining us. There's an age-old saying that says the proof is in the pudding. That's right, the pudding. Or you may know the, 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 the saying as the proof is in the eating. But ultimately, the expression is used to say that the real worth, the real success or the real effectiveness of something can only be determined by putting it to the test. By, by trying it or, or by using it, regardless of what was promised beforehand or regardless of the appearance, just as the best test of a pudding is in eating it. And I think we can all agree to that. Now, a couple of years ago, myself and a couple of friends, we went north of our borders uh, with, with our motorcycles and uh, one night we, we got to our destination after dark and as we went in and uh, checked in, uh, there's a little restaurant uh, attached to our accommodation. We go in, we sit down, they warned us the kitchen's going to close so it's best that we come eat now. We sit down and there's, there's probably about six of us and as we're sitting there, the, the waiter gives us the menus and as he gives us the menus, the menus look incredible. I mean, I've actually never seen menus like this. Every page has the most beautiful pictures of the most incredible food on. And all of us, after a long day in the saddle, all we're thinking is, we are going to eat like kings tonight. Well, comes time for the first guy to order. Waiter walks up to him and says, yes, sir, what can I get you? Guy says, uh, man, I'll, I'll have that. I'll have that. That looks great. I'll have that. And uh, the waiter looks at him and says, uh, I'm so sorry, sir, but we don't have that. It's like, oh, okay, um, okay, move on. I'll, I'll, you, you can catch me on the next round. Moves over to the next guy. Yes, sir, what would you like? Guy says, uh, well, I'll have that. The waiter looks at him and says, uh, I'm so sorry, sir, but, but we don't have that. And this happens like three, and I think it was like on the fourth time that this happened, I actually looked at the waiter and I said, I'm sorry, sir, I realize it's late and the kitchen's going to close. Would you mind telling us what you do have? And then we can maybe just speed up your process. Uh, and he goes, sure, no problem. Um, we have got beef, we have got chicken, and we have fish. And we're like, okay, and do you have like variations of that? And he's like, no. We just have a piece of beef that we can make you, a piece of chicken that we can make you, and a piece of fish that we can make you. So we took our pick, <laughs> beef, chicken, or fish. We placed our orders, and just before he walked away, one of the guys asked him, sorry, man, so then, so then what's all this other stuff on the menus, and, 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 and what are all these pictures? And the waiter just looked at him, smiled, and he said, no, sir, that's just a picture. As you can imagine, by the time our food arrived, uh, the expectation that we had when the menus arrived and the pictures that we saw was completely shattered 
when the food was sitting on our table. Well, we ate it and were grateful for the food, but it was nothing compared to what we were expecting. There was a big gap between the picture and what we experienced. And isn't it so true that when it comes to people in our lives, that so often there is such a big gap between what people claim and how people live. I'm sure you've experienced that. It's kind of like hiring someone for a job. You get the CV and everything looks great on paper. But by the time the person is sitting in your office and you're having the conversation, there is such a massive chasm between the CV you read and the person you're engaging with. Or for all of our modern daters out there right now, consider a dating app. Consider the profile picture that you engaged with <laughs> and then the person that you engaged with as they walked into the restaurant. I hope you're not that person. Just a, a friendly piece of advice from, from me to you. If you really want success in that area, do not use a photo from 20 years ago. Be honest, use something relevant <laughs> that when you walk into the restaurant that they are not horribly disappointed, but that they are, they, they are meeting with the actual face that they actually saw on screen. But isn't it true that there's in life these big gaps between the picture that people project and the lives that they live. Let's bring it home for us. Is there a massive gap between the picture you project and the life that you live? Today, I want to, I want to just take a few minutes and speak to, to all the Jesus followers out there. If you're a Jesus follower today, if you claim to be a, a, a Christian, a follower of Christ, and I really want you to lean in right now. If you aren't a Jesus follower, uh, please feel free, sit back, relax, uh, pay attention. Uh, maybe, maybe take note of what's being said because what we're about to talk about might be the exact reason why you aren't a Jesus follower. It might be the exact reason why you feel like, man, there's just, there's just this disconnect between what these people say and, and even between the teachings of Jesus and the followers of Jesus. But if you're a Jesus follower today, I really want to just take a moment and, and, just, and just speak to you. It's an author uh, by the name of Brennan Manning. And Brennan Manning has wrote several books, but he, 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 he wrote this statement that pierced my heart. I actually heard it on a song the very first time that I, that I heard it. But the next time that I, that I read it again, as I saw the words, those words just, just hurt. That's all I can say is that they just hurt because they so describe that disconnect between what Jesus calls his followers and what us as his followers so often project and, 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 and show his life to be through ours. Brennan Manning said this, he said, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians. 
who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. You see, guys and ladies, we we live in a world where a third of the world's population claims to be Christian, claims to be a follower of Christ. That is roughly 2.4 billion people who claim to have relationship with Jesus in such a way that they live that out on a daily basis. I think it's very fair, very fair, and very safe to say that there is a very big gap between what people claim and how people live. It's, it's like we live in a world where I can claim to be a Christian, yet at the same time be nothing like Christ. I can claim to be an imitator of Christ, a follower of Christ, and yet have no evidence of Him in my life. Jesus said this. He said, He said, But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. Wisdom is shown to be right by its results. And as I, as I, other translations say, wisdom is shown to be, to be right by its fruits or wisdom is shown to be right, um, by, by her children. In other words, wisdom is going to produce something in your life that is going to show evidence of that wisdom. Wisdom is going to produce something in your life. And I believe when it comes to us having a relationship with Jesus, Jesus is going to produce something in your life. There will be evidence of Him in your life when you are a real follower of Christ. Uh, Take this statement. Take this statement. You know, if, 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 the reality of Christ in us produces a reality of Christ through us. If we, if we look at that, uh, think about your daily life. Think about where you go. Think about who you engage with. Think about uh, how you conduct yourself every day. The truth be told, guys and ladies, in my life, that shit stuff should be, it should be evident day in and day out. That stuff should be visible for, for when I go to the spa and I engage with the cashier. She should know that something's different. She should feel like she's engaged with something so counter-culture. Think of the people at your work. That as you engage with the people at your work, there should be a big difference between you engaging with someone if you're a follower of Christ compared to someone who is not a follower of Christ. You see, the truth be told, guys and ladies, the fruit of our lives will confirm or deny what we claim to be. 
the fruit of our lives will confirm or deny what we claim to be. When, when I was 19 years old, I can remember sitting in a meeting where I was asked a question. And the question that I was asked was, the, the, the guy asked the group, he said, can I trust you with my wife and my wallet? Can I trust you with my wife and my wallet? And I paid attention. I paid attention. I, I, I took that question to heart. Can I be trust with someone's spouse and with their money? Can I? Today, can you trust me with your spouse and with your money, with your wife and with your wallet, gentlemen? I wonder today, can you be trusted? Can you be trusted with, with, with someone's family, the thing that is dearest to them? Can you be trusted with someone's income, with their livelihood? Because you see, as followers of Christ, our lives should represent the heart of God. Our lives should represent that we are a safe space where someone can entrust the most precious things in their lives to us. That this here, this is a safe space. This is a safe space. As we look through the, through the history of the Old Testament, the New Testament, we see these, these moments in the, the lives of the people of God where somewhere along the line they allowed the culture of their day to, to, to settle in their hearts. It's like they allowed the culture of the day to come and govern their lives. That, that, that the culture in them was more evident than the God that they claimed to surrender to. And you see, guys and ladies, Today, we actually live in a space where it's not much different. Today, we live in a space where, where as we engage with people, as I engage with, with people who, who claim to follow Christ, and I see it in my own life. I see it in my own life. So often I catch myself. And, and I realize, man, I've allowed my culture to be more evident in me than, than Jesus. I, I wonder today, is what, it, what is more evident in your life at the moment? The culture you live in or the Jesus you claim lives in you? The culture you live in or the Jesus you claim lives in you? What's more evident today? There's a, an old saying or, 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 or like a little word picture that says that it's not the water around the ship that causes it to sink. It's the water that gets into the, the, the ship that causes it to sink. You see, we all live in culture. We all live in culture. And that's okay. What did Jesus say? That we, you know, we, we, we are of this world. We live in this world. <laughs> we, we, sorry, we live in this world. But we are not of this world. Like, 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 when, we, when we've surrendered our lives to Christ, it means, it means that we've given the lordship, we've given the authority, we've given the final say to God. There's this moment in the life of Peter, one of Jesus' followers, where he speaks into this, where he speaks into, into 
us always doing what is right. As followers of Christ, that we should always do what is right. Hey, and we get it wrong at times. I'm not sitting up here like, like I got it all figured out and, and worked out. Uh, I'm working through this just as you are working through this. But at the end of the day, Peter speaks into these moments and he says, we, we should always do what is right. And as he's speaking through it, he says this in 1 Peter chapter 3, he says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. What does he mean by revere Christ as Lord? What he's saying is have a deep reverence for Christ. Have the utmost respect for Christ. Esteem Jesus higher than anything else in your life. Esteem Jesus higher than the culture that you live in. Give him his rightful place. And the truth be told, guys and ladies, our culture, our culture doesn't revere Christ. Our culture doesn't, doesn't esteem, esteem the word of God. It doesn't, it doesn't place God's authority as final. And that is why it is so important for you and for me to ensure that we have more Jesus in us than culture in us. Peter carries on and he says this. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. What Peter's saying there is that we should, there should always be clear evidence in our lives. There should always be clear evidence of our, in our lives of the Jesus that we claim lives in our lives. That ultimately, the evidence of Jesus should be so clear in our lives that the people around us should recognize that there is an extraordinary, that there is an out of the ordinary, that there is an above average, however you want to, little, little um, uh, uh, word you want to put in front of that, to just go that there is this, there is this, this extraordinary hope that is in us, that as they engage with us, they've engaged with something different. They've engaged with something significant, special. And that we should at all times be ready to give an answer. That we at all times should be ready to be able to, to, to give account for why we act differently. For why we behave differently. For why we love the way we do. The why we care the way we do. Why we give the way we do. While, while, we, while we lay our emotions, our feelings, uh, our desires on one side and put ourselves second so that we can assist others first. That this should be so evident that, that we should at all times be ready to give an account for that, to give an answer for that. And then he goes on to say this. He says, but do this with gentleness and respect. Do this with gentleness and respect. As Jesus follows, something that should mark our lives whenever we're dealing with people is gentleness and respect. That people know that we love them more than what we can get out of them. 
that as we're engaging with them, that we're not trying to force them into something, manhandle them into something. No. We're engaging with them because we love them. We care for them. And we want to see God's best for their lives. Do this with gentleness and respect, not with arrogance and pride, but with gentleness and respect. And then he, and he, 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 he says this. He says, keeping a clear conscience. Keeping a clear conscience. Again, coming back to, hey, can I be trusted with your wife and with your wallet? Do my attitudes condemn me or vindicate me? Do my actions condemn me or vindicate me? Do they make people want to run away from me or do they make people want to draw closer to me because there's something different in me, something significant, something special in me, something special in you. I wonder this morning, guys and ladies, as we've just spoken through this, does the picture line up with what people experience? The way that we had those menus put in front of us and, and the picture just didn't line up with what we experienced. What are people experiencing from the menu of your life? Can others see that extraordinary hope of Christ in you? Do they experience it when they engage with you? What do they experience? What do they encounter? Does your life communicate of, of, of what Jesus has done in your life and, and for you as person? Or when people engage with you, do they, do they feel like they've, they've just engaged with someone who's been sucking lemons all day long? You see, when, when Jesus is a reality in my life, guys and ladies, when Jesus is a reality in your life, there are things that should follow. People should be engaging with the reality of the hope of who God is. They should re, be engaging with, with, with a life and a life to the full. They should be engaging with a love that they've never experienced anywhere else. They should be engaging with a peace that is so counter to the culture that they're experiencing day in and day out. I wonder what are people experiencing? As we think through this, what, what's, what's your next step? What's your next step? Is there a big gap between what you claim and how you live. I wonder right now, what is, what is more evident in your life at the moment? The culture you live in or the Jesus you claim lives in you? Maybe this week, your next step is to just take some time, just take some time and to just ask, where have I allowed the culture that I live in to shape the actions of my life? Where have I allowed the culture that I live in to shape the actions of my life? This should give you a clear indication of an area of life where Jesus is no longer revered, where Jesus is no longer held in the highest esteem, where Jesus is no longer Lord. Maybe an area where you have picked convenience over character. How do we fix this? It's simple. Let's come back to the words of Peter. 
where he says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. In your heart, give God the reverence. Give God the authority. Give God the final say as Lord. Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you that, Lord, this is not for us to come and beat anyone up, Father. As I've put up my own hand and recognized the fact that it's so easy to allow culture to slip in and to come and, and start dictating how we behave and how we think. Father God, to this morning for us as your followers to just come and take stock. Lord, that we will never be the reason why anyone turns their back on you. Lord, that we will never be the disconnect between the teachings of Jesus and the followers of Jesus. But Father God, that we will be that link, that we will be, Lord, that big shining neon sign that speaks of your hope, that speaks of your love, that speaks of your peace and your goodness. Father God, for everyone around us to come and engage with. As they engage with us, that they're actually engaging with you. So Father God, this morning, those areas of life where we've allowed culture to slip in and where we've put you on the back seat, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. And Lord, this morning, this morning we choose to give you your rightful place, to show you the reverence, to show you the honor, to give you the final authority in those spaces. We commit these lives to you and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you need to reach out, please do so on all our social media platforms. Also, 9 o'clock every Sunday morning, at 126 Kruger Road in Madrand. Come join us live for our in-person gatherings. Uh, we love you. We look forward to seeing you next week. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.